Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up? It's your boy, the Ted Smith from the men's room. And did you know I have a podcast? Well, I do. The podcast. New episodes uploaded every Wednesday on the Odyssey app. 99.9 KISW. We return to the men's room with Miles and Thrill. Coming up on La Trigger Toast of the Weekend with a shot of the day. Then it's Bad Choice Friday. You know it's Bad Choice Friday. It's Bad Choice Friday. You know it's Bad Choice Friday. Hey man, this is your fault. When it's a Groundhog Day inspired Bad Choice Friday featuring Sonny and Cher. Then put your Can't see them all, but in honor of uh, Sonny's groundhog. <laughs> you see the size of nose on that guy? But it's, no. Yeah. What? No, actually, in honor of Groundhog Day, the movie. Yes, where Sonny and Cher were featured in the soundtrack. Uh, Sonny and Cher taking on Kenny Loggins. <laughs> Take it on Sunny and Cher. I got you, babe. Vote now if you follow us on Twitter at Men's Room Live. One of those two tunes coming up right after we drink and toast with a shout of the day. I haven't seen a beat like this and some of the stuffed bananas in my pants that threw me in the monkey cage. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I'm sorry that happened to you, Tess. Yeah. Too. Our question, who do you know that did something so stupid it was legendary? We head over to China where he suffered from a serious case of fart burn. A Chinese man attempted to light his fart literally backfired. Literally. After he accidentally set his pants on fire, as seen in viral footage, igniting the internet. A video shows uh, Ben Tuzi lying on his bed as he prepares to, well, add fuel to the fire. Heeding Ben's instructions, his friend, who unsurprisingly wishes to still remain anonymous, (laughs) raises a lighter to his buddy's ass. He ignites it, right as the prankster lets a rip creating a massive fireball that sets Ben's pants on fire. The clip ends with the gassy guy rolling around on the bed in a panic as he pats his blazing bottom in an attempt to get out of the hot seat. Thankfully, he eventually manages to extinguish the inferno before it can spread. Now, according to Science Illustrated, the pyrotechnic reaction occurs when the hydrogen, methane, and carbon dioxide and farts interact with the fire to form a flame, essentially like pouring gasoline on a fire. Now, depending on the quality of your fiber consumed, right. hydrogen content of flatulence can vary between 8% and 63%. Oh, wow. 
Hydrogen, methane, and carbon dioxide together make up 75% of a typical fart. As the gases mix with the oxygen of the air, they form a flammable cocktail. By the way, it should be noted, in 2016, a hospital patient who broke wind during surgery was badly burned after the fart ignited a laser being used in his operation. I remember that story. Because yeah, it was unbelievable. He was badly, badly burned. Our question, who do you know that did something so stupid it became legendary? 206-803-ROCK. So I want you to think about the conversation the doctor has to have with the patient, right? You went in for whatever your surgery was. When they get out of the surgery, you now have to explain, hey, man, you also you suffered like third-degree burns over this percent of your body. You've been incapacitated. So, mm-hmm. Like, what happened? Like, honestly, man, and we're not trying to, to victim shame here, but... Uh, you farted during surgery, lit our laser. I mean, there's nothing we could do. Yep. You didn't do it on purpose. We feel so bad. So bad. Hello, Tia. Welcome to the men's room. Hola. Hola. So my story started when Y2K was a thing. All right. Um, my uncle and everybody were gathered at the house, obviously, because it was Y2K. Computers were going to crash, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my uncle thought it would be funny to go down to the breaker box and completely shut power off to the entire house. <laughs> well, like at midnight? Right. That seems kind of yeah. funny. Yeah, I'm like down that. with that. <laughs> so that sent everybody screaming and running out of the house yeah, and that. him just rolling on the floor hysterically laughing. That's a that's a great prank because a lot of people truly did believe that. Yeah, a ridiculous amount of people believe that. I look, yeah, I won't was, lie. Was I was <laughs> what nineteen? Yeah, it been 20, nineteen. Right, it's nineteen ninety nine. All right, it's just after Christmas, so I'm nineteen. But I had worked at a liquor store that night. We closed early, right? We right. closed. We usually stayed open until one forty five. We closed, I think, at eleven, so we could we could go out by midnight. But I mean, it's a liquor. It's a massive liquor store, like. You got to stock shelves, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm trying to find this party. I'm in my car as it's about to hit midnight. And I remember listening to the radio, and I was like, all right, let's see what happens. Yeah, nothing yeah. happened. But I, I legit was kind of worried. Uh, Tia, how long did he leave the power off before he told everyone, hey, it was me? Um, it was just him shutting the power off and then him laughing hysterically while everybody's fleeing the house. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going back upstairs and resetting the clock in the microwave oh, yeah. and the oven <laughs> and the bedroom. And that's the only problem with that, man. It's a funny problem. Uh, that's worth it. All right. To prank the whole to family. Them, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, in retrospect, I get it. It seems, but like, I, I was nervous. Like, people were, the, a lot of people were generally nervous. So then you pull that prank, like, yeah, I'll reset that clock. I was more worried about what people would do. Because if you give them an excuse to act like an idiot, they will, right? Notoriously throughout history. But I remember as we're leading up to Y2K, I called my brother. And I said, look, man, I, I don't know, but they won't get off of this thing. But what they keep saying is going to happen does not make sense to me. I said, because they're talking about computers. He goes, yeah. And they're telling they can't count. Like, they don't understand what would happen after the year. He goes, how stupid do you think that is? I said, to me, that sounds remarkably stupid. He goes, it is. He's like, my God, everyone will be fine. He's like, this is what we do. Yes, our clocks and computers, believe it or not, when you get to 1,999, they know the next thing's 2,000. He goes, more than that, the computers don't care that it's the year 2,000. You just click up. I'm like, thank you, man. He goes, look, I don't know how this snowballed into all this ridiculous crap I'm hearing, but he's like, your computers, your bank knows what's going on, your computer's fine, planes are not going to crash. I mean, like, anything bad that was going to happen was supposed to happen that night. And he's like, I promise you, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, and it's also like, right, it was 1999. Like, we had just gotten a home computer. 
So right, like, exactly. We just didn't know. Who do you know that was uh, that did something so stupid? It was legendary. Two hundred six eight zero three. Rob. Speaking of that, you know how long it takes to print off a porn photo? Yeah, Forever. I do. Yeah, I do. Back when it was like, what kind of <laughs> was a dot matrix? Is that what it was? No, I mean by the time we got a computer, we had a printer and it had color, but I mean it. It took forever. See, I never had the color, so I'm printing off these black and white. Everything, it looked like I had vintage porn. I'm like, no, this is fresh. I just have an old ass. I told you, we had a drop ceiling, and I used to put it up there, and then my brother found it one day, and he, it was just, it was bad. It was some hardcore stuff. Like that, that's when, you know, you can say, oh, yeah, I surf porn. Can I see your, your search history? No. no. Like this, I'm keeping close mm. to the vest. What do you mean by hardcore? Like, like Hustler compared to Playboy? Like just like fetish stuff? No, just like angry. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe uh, think of wrestling. Maybe there was tag teams involved. Okay, uh, right. London yeah. Bridges. Right. This is exactly what I thought okay. when you said that. Like, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. tracking with it. I, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say it on the air. Some of the words I can't say, but I don't care. Mike's probably been around when I've been drinking. It's going to be like you know, porn history. I was like, look at mine. It's exactly what you think it is. Hey, let me ask you this. Why was your brother in the drop ceiling? You only go into the drop ceiling to hide something or to retrieve. He saw you on a chair or something. Or you had hidden your stuff or he planned on hiding his. Or I didn't. The drop ceiling didn't go all the way back down. Okay. Something like that. But I, he was like, you were getting trouble, this and that. And then it was like two days later, he is panicked because he doesn't know how to right-click stuff. Again, we haven't had a computer. Before. I know this sounds ancient. And he's like, I don't know what happened. I, uh, there's these porn icons on like the We know what happened. The desktop. Sure. And I mean, he is panicked. And I'm like, oh, you just right click it and then you can delete it. And he was like, so we never spoke about our porn adventures okay. on that computer again. That happened to me once at work at the radio station. <laughs> we had a guy named Nate. And Nate, no matter what you said to Nate, Nate's response was, already? Mm, right? That was already? it. That's all he ever said. And But Nate... He would come in to relieve you from a shift, and he'd have this big-ass paper bag. So he had a small paper bag that had his lunch. And he'd bring in, like, a grocery store paper bag. And just in front of you, he'd pull out, like, these 17 porn magazines he's going to flip through because he'd work a lot of overnight shifts, right? So at some point, I think it was our boy Frank finally complained because Frank had to relieve him in the morning to run Howard Stern. And Frank's thing's like, look, I don't want to sit in a chair this guy's been in because we know what he's doing while he's here. Right, so mm-hmm. Frank would roll this seat all the way out into the hall, grab a salesperson's seat, roll it in, and sit there. So finally, it was mentioned to the bosses, and the bosses came in, and they're like, Nate, hey, man, you know, we, we don't mind that you look at porn, but, like, you're bringing in stacks of magazines. Your coworkers are concerned that maybe you're a little distracted by this. Just don't bring porn in anymore. Nate's response, not making this up, all righty, and he didn't bring porn in. But about two days later, I'm relieving Nate, uh, Nate on his shift. I click, this is our work computer. And like you're saying, Ted, like 8,000 pop-ups that he didn't know how to get out of. Just, yeah. They, they take over the entire screen, oh, yeah. right? So I'm like, man, I, I actually can't run the board and use this computer. So I have to, it came at six in the morning. So now I have to call our IT guy. And I'm like, hey, Ray, man, like there's a lot of porn on, well, there's a lot of porn. I said, Who do you think I relieved? And there's this pause and he's like, Jesus Christ, Nate. I said, I- I'm just assuming, man. I said, there's got to be like 48 pop-ups. I can't get out of them, but like, I can't run the board. This dude had to drive into work early in the morning to get all the porn off of the screen. <laughs> After that... Was that Nate- Nate's last shift? I don't know if it was his last, but he was not there much longer. Okay. Oh, yeah. Who do you know that did something so stupid it was legendary? 206-803-ROCK. Nate. Hello, Zachary. Welcome to the men's room. Hola. 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 
How's it going, gentlemen? Doing well. Positive Friday. Awesome. Well, my story, uh, we'll just say it's somebody I know because I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm sure I'm sure nothing's going to come of it. But essentially, when I was 20 years old, we wanted to go to this reggae show in Boston. First time going to the East Coast. Weren't sure how or if we were going to be able to find weed or anything like that over there. And so this guy I know uh, flies over to Boston with nine grams of hash on his person. Jesus. And got away with it. Okay. Yeah. All right. What what year was this? 2012. All right. That's impressive because security definitely mm-hmm. has, has been upgraded uh, since uh, yeah. pre-9-11 days where you can pretty much walk out with weed in your underwear and they're like, yeah, we don't care. What uh, what reggae band did you go see? Uh, Ten Foot Ganja Plant. <laughs> that was the name of the band. Good, good, good name. <laughs> that okay. was the name of the band. I can't believe that you would think that you couldn't go anywhere to any reggae show anywhere and maybe have a chance of scoring some weed, though. Right. Like, I'm not saying that that wasn't a smart move, I mean, since you got away with it. But, but you're going to a, a reggae, reggae show. show. There, there's going to be so weed if, available. If you're now. going to a rave, I have an idea of what drugs might be available. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, but you still, like to, you still like to bring your own. You do. That way you know you're covered. they were... Surprisingly, they were really... East Coast is not like Seattle in 2012. We smoked a joint on the sidewalk, and people were losing their minds. But you got to remember, man, on the East Coast, when we were there, like, if you... You couldn't even admit that you smoke weed half the time. People would really, truly freak Mm -hmm. out. Like, it was this evil thing. So, plenty of us smoked, but you're right. Seattle, you stand on the sidewalk, the cops go, like, dude, put it out, right? That's the word. East Coast, you're going to jail. I mean, you were going to jail. You're doing this poison. It's like, dude, it, it's weed. We worked with this guy who was the head of the prom- uh, promotions department, and uh, he had a brother, and they lived together. And is this he, babe? He, yeah, he, babe, babe, babe. He, 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 he talked like, yeah, he talked like he. Yeah, honestly, talked like that, babe, babe. babe look, it's a, it's I, all I would never do that. I, I'm not a weed smoker, man. You, it's a, it's you guys' thing, man. And all because it's like, dude, everything about you says that you smoke weed, but for years he absolutely right. flat up, babe, no. Babe, no. that's the thing that you guys do. You, you guys are silly and unprofessional. Babe, I don't do that. So he had a Dutch boy haircut. And mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. It was like one length. He looked like Lord Farquaad. Um, <laughs> and it was blonde. And he comes it in was, one day. He did look like Lord Farquaad. <laughs> he comes in one day, man. And he's got this bright green bud just stuck in his hair. His hair. And and, and we were the first people to notice it. He, he came to I'm the like, bar I'm that like, we're at. I'm like, John. What what is in your hair? So I reach in and pull it out, and I mean, it is the hairiest, shiniest little green. On nugget. the East Coast, this is like super good, high good quality, right? Yeah. And so uh, he goes, "Oh man, that's not mine. That's my brother's. Oh, it's in your hair. <laughs> like your brother, this is your butt. Your brother man. keeps his weed stashed in your hair. Huh? And he finally, the like, same guy. I bet. I. The same guy. We used to have rock girls here, right? Yeah. And the station we were on there had the Bod Squad. That's what it's called. But the same exact thing. So he was in charge of them, and he hired some beautiful, beautiful women. And Roy's like, dude, are you having sex with these girls? And once again, babe, babe, that's not something I do. Baby, we, we keep it copacetic. Babe, always. That's always his response, right? And I knew he was dating one of them, but he had dated this particular woman for years. So that wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Anyway, we moved to Seattle. And I don't know how we got this, but we had a subscription to Penthouse for like a year. Remember, like, it just showed up, and we're like, mm. cool. Uh, so we're flipping through. And the centerfold in this particular month's issue, like, we're staring at her going, man, I feel like I have met this chick before. But the odds of you knowing someone in Penthouse are real slim. But all of us agreed, like, 
Nah, dude, she looks super familiar. So we start reading the little blurbs about her, which I rarely do. Well, it turns out she was a former member of the Bot Squad at our station back in Baltimore. So we're like, okay, right, now I kind of remember her. But as we continue reading the blurbs about her, so keep in mind, this guy that says, babe, babe, the one car that he likes to drive, babe, just like a, a classic Mercedes. No, BMW, you know, BMW, 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 baby. That, that's what I drive. That's what I'm like. All right, fine. No problem. We didn't care. We talked about it a lot. Yes. So as we're reading through her blurbs, because now that we know who she is, it's more interesting. You know, which, your best vacation, blah, blah, blah. But let's say the craziest place you've had sex. Well, one time I was with my boss and his BMW 5 Series driving between Baltimore and D.C. Basically, I'm riding him as he's driving down the street. And we're just like, oh, my God, man. We know both these people. But that makes him babe, much more epic babe. to me. Like, yeah, babe, only when I'm driving. Who do you know that uh, did something so stupid it was legendary? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Gary. Welcome to the men's room. Hola. Hola. So, back in 1978, I was in the military, uh, stationed in Long Beach, California, on a a ship, LHA-1 Natarawa. I had a couple buddies of mine. We used to run a muck at night down there. And uh, we snuck on to the uh, the night before the 1978 Long Beach Grand Prix was going to happen. We got on the racetrack. He had, a, he had a Ford Pinto with a 289 <laughs> motor in it, just a little bomb waiting to blow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. We got on there. We found a weak spot in their security. Of course, security wasn't like it used to be. I mean, you know, now, I mean, you can run amok, like I said. And Long Beach was pretty much a dead city at the time. Right. They were trying to bring it back. So we got on there, little Ford Pinto, three of us, my buddies. Wham! Quarter mile down stretch, flip the Yui. I mean, just burning tires. Back out the same way we came. Gone. No one ever said a thing. No one ever knew. That was our legacy. Is that, uh, is that racetrack still there? No, it was a, um, it's a temporary. They, it was in the city. They oh, okay. All right. Yeah, when you say Grand Prix. That's what... Yeah. And they had, yeah. It was so, it, um, you know, we just found a weakness because, you know, I have other stories too. I could tell you another one if you got time, but uh, it's up to you. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Give us one more. Okay, so um, same bunch of buddies. We were bored. Long Beach Naval Shipyard, where our boat was, we uh, snuck onto this submarine. It was uh, used in a film, Operation Petticoat, with Tony yeah. Curtis yeah. and uh, Jack Lemmon. It was painted pink. <laughs> so it was all locked up. And uh, I was the scrawniest of us all back then. I only weighed like 95 pounds because I was... You know, fresh out of boot camp, fresh out of high school, 19 years old. And uh, I slipped through this hatch that wasn't locked all the way and opened it up. And we crawled around that submarine and we got down to about the bottom part and noticed this thing's full of water and oil. I said, boys, let's get out of here before we get caught. And away we went. No one ever knew. Security never caught us. We Was it, we, what, did you take like a flashlight down or did you know how to flip on the lights on a submarine? Oh, there was no there was no lights. Yeah, I had a, we had a little flashlight, some okay. old uh, gooseneck greenies that the military carried all the time. We always, you know, we had one of those with us, snuck through. Here we go. Okay, on a pink times. submarine. Mm. I don't think the Beatles sing about that <laughs> no, one. <I> don't <laughs> Who do you know that did something that was so stupid? It was legendary. Two oh six eight oh three. Rob. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 99.9 KISW. The Men's Room returns with Miles and Thrill. Who do you know that did something so stupid it became legendary? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Keith. Welcome to the Men's Room. Hola. Hola. So, uh, I was hearing you guys talk earlier about the old days of uh, the internet port, <laughs> uh, when nobody really knew how it worked. So, we had a computer in the early 90s, and it was in my brother's room. We were in high school. Uh, and, well, of course, he took to start downloading some porn, and he thought it was free. Ooh. Well, turns out, about a month later, my parents get a phone bill with some pretty dirty stuff on it. And he had spent $400 downloading porn, and it all went to my parents' phone bill. Damn. And did it itemize what it was? He had another one. (laughs) What was that? Did it actually itemize what the phone call was? Yeah, it it had some pretty dirty terms on there in terms (laughs) of what site he was visiting. How old was your brother at the time? Uh, He was about 17. I was about 14. So what kind of trouble did he get into? Well, he had to pay it all back, so he ended up working the whole summer for my uncle. Uh, but probably the biggest trouble he had to deal with was me telling all his uh, future girlfriends about my favorite story. Oh, of course, you're the younger yeah. brother, man. Yeah. You, you got to do yeah. that. But pretty hey, standard yeah. fare for now. It's just free. That's the only thing. That <laughs> is the difference. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, look, man, do what you're going to do. Don't cost me money. Who do you know that did something so stupid it was legendary? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Tyler. Welcome to the men's room. What's up, guys? Hola. So, my was going to be stepbrother had a buddy over, and I had two of my friends over, and we're in the garage, and he leaves his backpack there. Um, so, they leave to go to their house, and I gave him the good idea to poop in his backpack. <laughs> and he laid the most beautiful 16-inch brown turd you ever seen. And he's laughing so hard, his stomach's even laughing. And then... I asked him about three months later, 
if he ever found a turd in his backpack. And he said that was you, and he couldn't figure out if it was him or the room that he was living in. Oh, so he didn't know if it was like a roommate? No, it was my my stepbrother's friend. And he left his bag in our garage, and they left. So that's when my buddy pooped in it. Damn. Okay. Now, did he think it was you or your buddy? Well, I waited three months to ask him. His teacher ended up finding it. His teacher found it? Yeah, his teacher ended up finding the turd in his backpack and washed it for him. Oh, my God. Okay. I guess what? He was just stinking up the classroom so bad the teacher had to start doing a look? (laughs) Yeah, he he was an alternative, so... Okay. I wasn't in the same Oh, alternative. Thing. I got gotcha. you. How right. do you not find a turd in Dude, your bag? I, I, I was involved with a, with a break-in at the school that we went to. At the time, I was in middle school, so junior high, probably 7th, 8th grade. My buddy Pat hated the teacher. Could not stand this woman. She, she did not like him either. Right. It, was, it was very much mutual. But we were in trailers because they had like four or five trailers, and that was our permanent room. Yeah. As far as how that went. I mean, we, we did half the day in there. And then the rest of the half a day, we had two or three different classes in different, you know, sections of the yeah. school. But for the most part, that was where you spent the majority of your day. And she was the, the teacher that did the majority of your major curriculum outside of social studies, shop, and all these other things. Yeah. And Pat hated her. We broke in one night because it had sliding glass windows. And they had these little clip locks. So Pat came up with a plan. He was just going to unlock the windows during lunch. We're going to go later on tonight. We're going to break in. The idea being that... He's going to change a couple of his grades. Sure, sure, sure. So he takes a grade book out. He's like, and then we start processing this idea. And right before he starts to erase the grades, I'm like, you know what, man? This is this is going to be the incriminating aspect of this. If if she knows basically that you're not a good student, and all of a sudden these C's go to be pluses, and it's clearly erased. Yeah. And it's not her writing. And all these things, this is not a good idea. So he's like, the hell with it. And he just drops trowel on her desk, and drops one center of the open grade book. I mean, oh. dead center of the grade book, and then closes the grade book. Oh, he even closed it. Closed mm. it to smash it in. That, that's the slap on the and face then, right yeah, there. So, so when he pressed down, you know, it was like... Uh, stuff coming out of the sides. Exactly. Look like, uh, yeah. Look did like she it. ever figure out who did it? Oh, no. Really? No. Okay. No. Did I've, she bring it up? No. Oh, no. Not a damn thing. Did I mean, I would think at that nicer. point, you wouldn't even think it was a student. You might just think it's a janitor or somebody. I, you know what? It was just one of those things. Or another you... teacher. I don't think you really? automatically would think, oh, a student. What grade were you in? We were in seventh or eighth grade because we were in middle school. See, my, yeah, my first think... thought would be, even if it's not a student, my first thought would be, like, these are seventh and eighth graders. One of these kids pooped in my book. I don't know which one, but I would have no doubt that it's a kid. Yeah, I'd be also, stunned if the also, janitor's like, "Sorry, dude." dude also, dude. this is this is a Friday. Uh, oh, this is, a, this is a Friday, Friday evening, and this is like the end of May, so it's already getting hot. Yeah, and, and, and summer, we're about ready to get out of school. So that was one of the things he wanted to do. He wanted to change the grades before the final grade report sure, sure. came out. Man, we walked in on Monday morning. And she had maybe been there a half an hour before classes started or an hour. All the windows were open. There were two doors. They were both open. There was a back slider window. It was open. Every window, it did not smell. It was not, you, there, was a, there was a little residual. But, but you're win- kind of looking for it because you know what is But the windows happening. were all open. And who knows how long those doors and windows had been open before we got there to try to air that place. Damn. Out. But anyway. Who do you know that uh, did something so stupid it was legendary? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Shane. Welcome to the men's room. 
If you mean Dane, that'd be me. Hey. Hola. Hola. What's up, Dane? Hey, how's it going today? Doing well, sir. Positive Friday. Awesome. Well, I figured I'd give you guys a pretty funny thing of how bold somebody was when I went to college. I went to college in Boston, and when you guys were talking about weed in Boston, made me think of this story. Where'd you go to college? Berkeley College of Music. Oh, 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 damn. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually standing outside my studio right now. Kind of I was going to ask, did it parlay into your future career? <laughs> no, I'm full-time musician. All right. Nice, man. Good. How many instruments can you play? Uh, I'd say three or four very proficiently. Three, four. You know, go after yourself. That's pretty impressive, man. Yeah, my, I was going to say, my cousin went to Tufts, which mm-hmm. is a pretty good university yes, in Boston. That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Now he owns a popcorn Friends shop. Friends go to PU. <laughs> <laughs> so what oh, happened yeah. to music college? Oh, some funny stuff. So what happened was uh, my last apartment there was literally in between two of the Berkeley buildings. And the only people stupid enough to pay that high price of rent were Berkeley students. Of course. So my next door neighbor once a month would sit down and get a ton of weed and make weed brownies. And she would just completely, this entire building just reeks of weed. And he would go around and to pay his rent, he would go door to door to each apartment in the building. And this thing was like four or five stories tall. And that's how he made money to pay his rent to go to music school. (laughs) Hey man, good on him. Yeah, seriously. And two, how much money did you contribute to him staying there? Actually, none. I don't smoke. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, weird thing, right? Did he did he check in with you every month anyway? Oh yeah. Because okay. I had three. I had three other roommates, and uh, they definitely partook. Hmm. How much? How much did he charge per brownie? Oh shoot! I don't know. Uh, I mean, it had to probably be at least five, ten, maybe more bucks. Okay, and he could brownies. he could legitimately pay his rent every month with his pot brownies. Yeah, and he'd just do it once a month, and it would just reek up the entire building, and he'd walk around, do his weekly rounds, and just ask somebody, hey, how many of you on? Are you interested in this week? And he'd just ha- have enough for an entire month. So he did one day of extreme baking, <laughs> and that would last for the entire month. Which is still wild, because, I mean, Massachusetts is a legal state now. It is now. They have rec right. shops. Yeah, but this is back in 2011. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah I get Different it. place at the time, man. I mean, I remember being in Hell's Kitchen in New York City in 2000. Eight, mm-hmm. and it's not important how the weed got there. Uh, <laughs> but me and my buddy were like, it's a nice sunny spring afternoon. We're like, what? We're, we were in this one bar with some other friends, and we came back in. And the bouncer's like, I can't let you in. You guys sm- smell like weed. We'd obviously just sat on a stoop and smoked right. half a blunt. We were like, what? And he's like, you guys smell like weed. We were like, yeah. And he's like, I can't let you in. Like just for smelling like. Right. Weed. I was like, and then my buddy's like. Brother, you want the other half? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> then did you get in? Right. Yeah, the guy right. loved us. Because right. then he went and smoked, and somebody else was working his shift. This was a pretty popular, like, happy hour bar. Yeah. Then he came back and was like, like hey, like, where are you from? And we're like, Seattle. <laughs> he's like, I've never had weed like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. I think I knew how I got yeah, there. Surprise. Who yeah. do you know uh, that did something so stupid it was legendary? 206-803-ROCK. Do I know who you were with on that trip? Yeah, I don't really, I don't hang out with that person. Anymore. No, no, I know. But uh, the other person you met there, the review we got was, well, well, Ted was a lot of fun, which generated the review of you. His buddy just. Just smelled like weed all the time. So, well, 
There's a good reason for that. Yeah, and that was kind of his thing. That was like his MO, right? Like, you know, some oh, yeah. people like identify that, like, that's how they identify. Like, I don't wear, I don't wear a ton of KSW gear sure. all the time or shirts that say Ted Smith on the back. <laughs> like, he wanted people to know he sold weed. Talking to him, I'd piece it together like, brother, you got weed on you to sell. You know what I mean? That's, he was that guy. That was a hell of a night, though. Right, because I forgot she was there. Uh-huh. She had fun. Little Trooper was there. He oh, was, was he? Oh, yeah. I mean, we we had that bar rowdy. Now the bouncers are stoned out of their minds. It, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Matthew. Welcome to the men's room. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hola. Hola. So, uh, when I was younger, probably in my late teens, uh, I had kind of a reputation for being kind of a goody two-shoes, like I never did anything wrong. And so... Was this true? Was this an accurate reputation for you? What's that? Was that an accurate representation of who you were? Uh, For the most part, I would say yes. I mean, yeah. So, anyways, uh, they, uh, they dared me one day to steal something big. You know, from from a store, and you know, because I was trying to prove myself, you know, and and so I was like, I don't know, guys, and they're like, Come on, you can do it, and I'm like, All right, and, you know, and I thought, Well, if I'm going to take something, I'm going to take something I can use, you know, I'm not going to risk, I'm not going to risk getting in trouble for something that's useless, you know. All right, that's fair. Yeah, so I, I worked on cars a lot, and so I thought, you know, I could always use a good battery, you know, and so. I went back to the automotive section and I found the biggest, most expensive, like marine deep cycle battery that I could find, you know. And uh, and I told them, I said, I'm going to walk right out the front door with it. And they're like, no, you're not. And I said, I said, watch me. And so I did. I walked right out the front door. And nobody even batted an eye about it. And, uh, and uh, that battery... Uh, I I really didn't have a specific use for it, so it sat in my yard for like a year. It snowed, and uh, it was outside. It was covered in snow, and then it melted, and spring came. And then finally the time come when I needed a battery, and I thought, oh, man, this thing's been sitting out here in the yard for over a year. There's no way there's anything left in it, you know. But I, I just tried it. I dropped it in my car and it turned it right over i couldn't believe it and that battery lasted me for a long time after that how much did that battery retail for uh you know i want to say it was just over a hundred bucks something like that and this is back in 1995 dollars you know okay so yeah all right four hundred dollars i didn't realize that you can interchange batteries like that i thought it had to be the right battery for the right car for the right thing for the right voltage for the right the voltage is important. Um, other than that, as long as it physically fits in the space, you know, um, you, you do want to make sure it's big enough for your vehicle. But if you have an oversized battery, the vehicle will only take what it needs. So, right. okay. so it's too much power, as long as the voltage is correct. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. That is key. Makes sense. The voltage. Who do you know that did something so stupid? It was legendary. 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Juan. Welcome to the men's room. What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? Oh, ah, we're already smiling. Yeah, I don't well, think you've that. ever called us with anything less than legendary. How quick do we get to the cocaine <laughs> on this one? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was in my pocket. All right. Okay. <laughs> my friend and I, we went to this dance. We stepped out. We went to his truck. 
because I was rolling with him, and they broke in and stole, stole the speakers, stole the stereo. He was like, oh, I'm going to call the cops. So said, you're dumb. Let's just go to the party, the after party, call there, say, you know, you're going to, that they broke into it. On the way to the after party, this idiot pulls over where there's a DUI cop already pulled over with somebody else and gets a ticket for a DUI. He was going to report the I'm, stolen car stereo to the cop who'd already pulled someone over for DUI and then got a DUI himself. Yup. And I'm there trying to hide stuff. That I hide Cocaine. Yeah. I don't know mm -hmm. what it could have been. I don't either. <laughs> Probably your wallet. <laughs> and, and the fake ID I had. The cash I had, the the cocaine I had. Yeah, that's the and big one. It was it was a seven, seven grams. Jesus, dude. I was like, I was like dang, dude. I said, you know, and I was twenty years old. How much cash and did I you have on you? Three grand in my pocket. Damn, dude, you rolled hard. I never had three thousand like, oh. dollars by the time I was twenty years old. You weren't slinging coke. No, that's a good point too, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Ten points is the obvious. Like, well, if you're a drug dealer, uh, maybe you do. Yeah, you have a lot more cash. You flush with cash sure. at any age. I ran drugs for somebody one time. Not even drugs. It was weed. That's it. And it was that wasn't my normal gig, but it was literally a moment where I'm leaving my buddy's house. Someone else we knew was going to buy weed from him, and this guy's place was on my way home. So I'm like. No problem. I'll just drop it off to him. It's like a $40 bag, right? And not, and not anything big. But I stopped at an ATM. This is downtown Baltimore. I stopped at an ATM to withdraw money from me. Got the weed on me. And this cop pulls up. He gets in line behind me at the ATM. So already, it's like my Reservoir Dogs moment where you're just sweating bullets. Like, I cannot believe there's a cop behind me. And it's not like he has his mm -hmm. eyes on me. But he's a canine cop. So this freaking dog in the car is just barking its head off, man. Oh, 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 and I know it's barking me. And you see the cops kind of looking around, but he's not looking at me. And there's a million people walking through downtown at this point. So I think he's thinking, okay, somebody has weed on them, but no one's acting suspicious. Meanwhile, I'm just at the buttons like beep, beep, beep. And this dog will not shut up. So I kind of glance over my shoulder and look at the dog. And this dog is staring directly at me, just barking one after the other after the other. I pull out like my 30 bucks or whatever the hell I get out of the ATM. So now the cop kind of looks at me. I just took off running. <laughs> I straight just took off running. I'm cutting through alleys and all that. He never gave chase, nothing like that. But it's just a look he gave me, which is like, wait a minute. I think my dog's talking about you. So, yeah, I got the hell out of there, man. <laughs> Who do you know that did something so stupid it became legendary? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, John. Welcome to the men's room. Hey, how you doing? Is that me? Oh, yeah, that's you. Yeah. Hola. Hey, all right, cool. Hey, man, I love you guys. I just uh, want to say that. Hey, thank okay. you, dude. So I got my my buddy, Mike. Uh, this was in California, and uh, he's uh, chilling in his garage, uh, just drinking. And uh, some uh, guy just walking down the street <clears throat> kind of approaches the, the garage area where he's at. And uh, my buddy goes, you know, hey, what, what the hell are you doing here? You know, who the hell are you? Just kind of aggravating. And uh <clears throat> guy goes and uh, flashes a gun in his waistband. So, <laughs> and then the guy just walks away. And uh, my buddy goes uh, and proceeds to follow him out to, hey, hey, you know, what are you doing? Like, and he goes and challenges the guy. And then he met up with his buddies and uh, just, they proceeded to just beat the crap out of him. They, uh. They um, they beat him down. They kicked him on the ground, and then <clears throat> my other buddy, uh, it, well, that was in the garage with him, 
goes out there trying to help him, and he has nothing to do with it. And then he gets beaten down to a pulp. Like, both of them just knocked the hell out on, across the street from the garage where he was safely uh, seated. And, yeah, that, uh, to this day, uh, he actually moved out here to uh, Bellingham. And <laughs> this story still follows him everywhere where he says he's still uh, persistent on the... He says he taught the guy a lesson. Sure, I don't understand the logic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You want to get your ass beat? Well, the guy with a gun, yeah, at least he didn't get shot, right, yeah. I guess. That's the, the bright uh, side of the story. Why would you go after the guy with no weapon of your own? You know. Well, I wouldn't. I don't mm -hmm. know how to answer that. I yeah. feel like I'm on a game show. Yeah, that's, that's the whole point. Like, the guy left. All right, let him be. But he chases him. And then this happens. And uh, to this day, he's still got uh, some pain. Yeah, I bet he does. Yeah, yeah I bet he does. Mm -hmm. And he get beat yeah. down like that. Ted, wasn't your situation? What was it? New York City guy stole your guys' money. You're chasing him down. Then he finally turned yeah, around. Yeah, we got off the train. It's a blizzard. Guy asked for change for 100. My brother gives him 520s. He takes off. Take off after him. And then, yeah, he just turned down the street and turned around and just pulled out a gun. <laughs> just like, I'm tired of running. Right, like, just, just, all right. There's nothing all you can right, do. Fine. But after that happened to us with Bernie's, we had his mom's Cadillac. Same thing. Some dude's trying to steal the rims. You know, hey, MFR, you know, there's two of us. We're going to take them. Same thing. He just leans up, points his gun. And we're like, Take, Take the rims. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know when you're done, bro. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hello, Joe. Welcome to the men's room. Hi. Hola. Hola. So, in 1984, I, I backed a blazer from the University of Washington to the ferry dock and loaded it on the ferry and made it to Bremerton, jumped on the foot ferry, hauled ass for Port Orchard, and hid. So, you stole this thing, I'm guessing? No. Me and my Filipino buddy <laughs> went over to visit a guy that made the rowing team. All right. So we loaded up a couple cases of beer in a cooler, going to spend the day over at the University of Washington. Everything was great. We pulled into a parking lot, and I noticed I was having a little bit of trouble, a little bit of trouble going forward, but I had reverse. And then after we looked at the shells and all the stuff for the rowing team, went to move the blazer, had no forward gears. And I got scared and being just, I'd never even been to the University of Washington. I'd never been even farther than the waterfront in Seattle. Lost, me and my Filipino buddy took off in reverse and backed that thing all the way to the ferry docks. We had to hide twice in the alleys to, to cool it down because when you're going backwards at 40 miles an hour, the engine just overheats so quickly and we were lost. We didn't know where the hell we were going and we finally made it down to the waterfront the, you could hear the sirens all around us and everything. We pulled up there, and the guy says, can you load this thing? And I said, yeah, I can load it. And he says, all right, go ahead and load. So we got on, got out of the rig, went up the top, sat there and looked at each other. Shame. Hey. Once again, bedroom colors, here are the seven words you can't say on the radio. <laughs> Sucker, mother, and please keep those words in mind when calling. Now, back to the program. It's a long way to go in reverse. I do appreciate that the ferry's like, yeah, we don't care. Can you get it on? Can you load it up? Yeah, exactly. cool. Whatever, man. Return of Ted versus the FCC coming up, man. We've got your emails up next to the men's room at KISW.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 